Hey, 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 welcome back to the House of Trauma podcast. It's your favorite podcast host, Kiana Breanne. Now let's get into it. So for the past few years, I've been overcome by grief. I've been overwhelmed by grief. My life has been almost overtaken by grief. And a few months ago, I woke up and I said, I don't want to be consumed by grief anymore. But see, the crazy thing about grief is there is no on or off button, at least one that we're allowed to use. And if you've ever lost someone, and I mean really lost someone, especially unexpectedly, then you know what the heavy burden of grief feels like. You understand the sorrow that follows you around and fills your soul. You can relate to the misery that can consume you on any day at any time. And that's how I've lived my life. For the past few years. And I guess the beautiful thing, yet devastating at the same time, thing about me is throughout my life, I've learned how to show up in such a way that no one would ever expect or suspect. That something was bothering me. And not just bothering me. But consuming me. I remember a year after my dad died. I was. um, I told everyone I was mad at the world. Because I was. Because I was still angry and confused. And I didn't understand how. Such a beautiful soul can be taken when there is such evil still roaming the earth. I remember being confused. I still am confused with God. And not just because he would take my father from me, but that he would allow me to live and navigate my way through life without him. And that's why, and I've spoken about this in Losing a Parent Part 1 and Losing a Parent Part 2. I encourage you to go back and listen to those episodes. But I've spoken about how I begged God to take me too. Because there's no way the God that I know will want me to live with this grief. And I mourned my father's loss for quite some time. One can argue that I'm still mourning. And I've just never looked at the world the same. I've never showed up in the world the same. I've never navigated the world the same. And I remember having a conversation with my stepmom. And I'm like, there's no way. How how can we move on from such a devastating loss when his killer still roams free. 
How are we expected to stand up and move on when we have no resolution? It's almost as though it didn't matter. But it did matter. And it mattered for me. And I know so many other people it mattered for as well. But I can only speak for myself. And I always tell people, you know, if it wasn't your father who died in this way, then you'll never understand that grief. Everybody else can can mourn the loss of a husband, of a son, of a brother, of a friend. But they will never mourn the loss of their father in the way that I have. And even for my siblings, I believe that we mourn differently and, and, and we're grieving differently and we show up differently and it affects us differently. And that's okay. But what's not okay is the heaviness. The heaviness that, that sits on my shoulders Every day when I wake up in my bed, knowing that his killer is waking up in hers. So again, I was having a conversation with my stepmom and I'm like, how can we even begin to pick up the pieces of our lives and move on when there is no justice? There is no resolution, right? So then we go to civil court and we sue her for our loss. And we win. And for a moment, I felt like things were beginning to look up. I did one of the hardest things I ever had to do. Sit on a stand and be questioned about my father's character. And I spoke as articulate as I could to convey to the jury to paint a picture in their mind on the type of man that he was as a father to me. So that somebody out there who didn't know him understands how important he was to our family dynamic, right? And then she was found guilty. But it's civil court. It's not criminal court. There was no jail time attached to it. I waited almost another year to go by. And I kept saying, God has the final say. She will have her day in court. This will all be resolved. And then I can begin to heal. I can begin to move on. And that day came. But there was no trial. What a plea deal. Which, when you really think about it, being given any type of a plea when you took someone's life is insane, all within itself. I always said an eye for an eye, a life for a life, right? That's what the Bible says. But then I thought that that would be too easy to end her suffering now because I want her to sit and rot in a cell and think about 
every day the reason that she's here and the life that she took. And unfortunately, when that day came, there was no jail time rendered. I know. Crazy, devastating. Yet another traumatic blow. For those of you who don't know, if you have not listened to Losing a Parent Part 2, she was given um, 10 years probation. And, oh, they sweetened the deal just a little bit. Okay. Uh... Three days in jail every New Year's, and it might even be like Christmas and Thanksgiving, Some, something, something. I don't know. There was a couple holidays they were named. I pretty much blacked out from the devastation. But what I do know is it was not enough. If y'all don't want to give her straight jail time, which she should have, right? Y'all don't act like y'all y'all care so much about her spending time in jail as of a lesson, right? How about a week in jail on his birthday or his children's birthday or his grandchildren's birthday? Every single instance, his anniversary, every single instance where his presence is going to be missed at any family event, you should be in prison. How about when baby showers? How about on the day of birth for for his grandchildren that are still coming? How about weddings? (laughs) Graduations? Prom? How about jail for those times? Or how about we, you just go? How about you just go? Instead of 10 years probation, it should have been 10 years prison. In, in my humble opinion, right? Am I biased? So again, I felt like the healing would not be able to truly begin until she paid for her crimes, right? Until the court case had been settled, because every time we could even take a step forward to heal, it's another court date. It's another this, it's another that. It was always this thing hanging over our heads, hanging in the balance. But I just knew that once the criminal trial was all over, then we could begin the healing process. Yet it came and It felt like January 1st, 2019 all over again. For the second time in a year, I had to get on the stand and express who my dad was to me and why his life was important. I stayed up all night and I, I was writing these things down. And I, for, I forget what you call it, but we were speaking directly to her so that she knows. And I remember getting halfway through what I wrote. And I became so overwhelmed, I didn't even want to speak anymore. So I wrapped it up. Do you know the type of affliction put on a person emotionally who has to look their parent's murderer in the face? On more than one occasion. 
but I let her know and I still stand 10 toes down on this. I will never forget your face and don't you ever forget mine. I used to pray that when she closed her eyes that she would see my face and the face of every family member she's ever came across. That she would see my dad's face and she will remember our voices. I wanted no peace. No peace for her or anybody connected to her. Because there's no peace within me. So why, why do I have to live without peace and you get to live peacefully when you intruded on our lives, on a family who never knew you and never wanted to? And you turned our worlds upside down and it's like you, you skated away, scot free. I kept wondering how this was fair. I'm like, God, you are still in control. God, you are in control. God, you have the final say. God, I know that there's a reason for everything. But I walked out of that courthouse, eyes red and swollen, heart heavy and feeling empty. And I said, how can the healing begin now? When I feel so wronged, I almost felt betrayed by God because in my mind, this is not how it was supposed to end. In my mind, this was not the sequence of events that I have foreseen. I mean, I'm already still trying to work on coming to terms with if you would let my dad die if you will let him leave this earth, if you will let him leave us, if you would take him away, there has to be a reason. And whether I ever find out or know that reason, I'm working on coming to terms with that. And now this, no justice. So for me, I haven't lived the most glamorous life, right? I haven't always been in the most ideal situations. There were quite literally a few times in my life that I can think of right now where I know for a fact that God saved my life because if God hasn't had not been present and working, I would not be here to tell this story. There are so many testimonies that I've heard, things that I've witnessed that I know that God was at work in a mighty way to save us from ourselves and from other people. I know that God had the power to save him after that car accident. This is what I know. God can do unthinkable miracles. So I sit back and I ask, well, why did you not choose to save his life in that moment? I know details about the morning of that accident that I could have gone the rest of my life without knowing. But the little details that I do know is that my dad fought. He tried to fight for his life. So God, of all the times and all the moments to show a true miracle, he denied us that miracle and that's how I feel. 
But why it has to be a greater reason, right? It has to be a greater purpose. Then why did this woman get off scot-free, right? And me and my family are just expected to kind of move on and, and get over it, right? We're just supposed to accept it because life goes on. Well, what if I don't accept it? What if life can't go on? The truth is, I don't want to be consumed with grief forever. I don't want to be angry about it forever. I don't want to wake up and feel heavy sorrow. I don't want to be on edge all the time that the next time my phone rings somebody else would have died I don't want to live like that live like this anymore the truth of the matter is it was an awful awful experience my family was dealt a terrible hand And we are continuously being riddled with injustice. And it's downright out not fair. (laughs) Really. And it's hard to live life day by day. I was working a flight the other day and I just got so flustered with grief. It just it just hit me out of nowhere. Now I'm sitting in my jump seat trying to fight back tears because I have to go serve a cabin full of passengers, <laughs> beverages, and I need to look alive. I was sitting in my room earlier today, had the the shades wide open, the curtains were open, and It's a beautiful day. I actually had the window up and I can hear the sound of a wind chime next door. I can actually still hear it now. And I was just looking outside because it was really a beautiful day. The sun was shining. And I just became overwhelmed with grief. And I thought that I don't want to live like this anymore. But how do I move on? How do I find forgiveness in my heart? How do I forgive God? When I feel betrayed? How do I not feel guilty for being angry with God? Because God does no wrong. And I know that, but that doesn't help that I actually feel wronged, right? And I don't want to invalidate my own feelings. How do I forgive the one person I felt ruined my life? How do I forgive my father's killer in an effort to move forward? Is that even possible? Is that right? 
Is it wrong? Is it necessary? And I have a confession. A while back, over a year ago, I got down on my knees and I prayed for my father's killer. I didn't pray for her to live a happy and prosperous life. That's not what I did. Absolutely not. But it took strength that I did not know I had. And maybe I didn't have. Maybe this was all God. But I prayed. Not only that she would realize exactly what she's done in the lives that she's ruined, the family that she ruined, but that she would never go a day without remembering my father's name, without remembering what she'd done. I prayed and I asked God to help me forgive. I asked God to help me move on. I asked God to help me accept my father's absence and to be able to navigate through the world without him. You see, my father taught me a lot of things. <laughs> I, I really, everything. My dad taught me everything. Except how to live without him. Nobody ever teaches you that. What to do when you lose someone unexpectedly. What to do when you lose someone tragically. What to do when you don't get to say goodbye. Nobody teaches you that. I'm actually not sure it's something that can be taught. Nobody teaches you how to deal with grief. Nobody and nothing prepares you for the anger that comes with a great loss. And I remember prior to losing my dad, the only person I had lost that I felt such a great loss for was my grandmother, my mom's mom. And I remember when she died, they let me work my whole shift. Y'all believe that? They let me work my whole shift and didn't say nothing. So they knew that I would want to rush home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would. And they didn't even tell me. The silence was loud enough. And I just remember taking a shower that night and uh, I laid on the floor in the shower and I just cried out for my grandmother because I didn't get to say goodbye in the way that I would have wanted to. And it's kind of crazy because nothing prepares you for sudden loss. But in all actuality, nothing prepares you for impending death either. Years had gone by since they told us my grandma was dying and she didn't have much longer. And she hung in there and she fought as long as she could. 
and I guess because she hung in there and she fought as long as she could, I had always expected her to just keep fighting. That yes, she was sick again, but did, did she would get through it as she had always done. But this last time she didn't get through it. She said she was tired. And I watched my mother become another person after being consumed with that grief. My grandmother died in 2014. It is now 2024, 10 years later, and it still affects my mother today. And rightfully so, she lost her mother. She'd already lost her father. She had no parents left in this world, and it didn't matter how old she got. It didn't matter as the years went on. I can't think or foresee there ever being a time in anybody's life where it's just okay to be without your parents, right? So again, seeing my mom be so consumed with her grief to still be mourning my grandmother's death 10 years later and how that has affected the way she navigates through life. I love my mother. God knows how to. But I don't want that overwhelming sorrow to continue to affect the way I navigate my way through life. I don't want it to affect the way that I show up in this world anymore. I was just telling a friend the other day that up until this year, no matter what I said, or not this year, but up until recently, within the last couple of months, it didn't matter what I said. I was not fully ready or like in a position to really be dating and losing my father had a lot to do with that and that's something we can talk about on a later day but it really does affect different areas of your life when you lose someone that you wouldn't even imagine that it would affect because how does losing my father affect my dating life well it did as well as a bunch of other emotional wounds left behind from previous relationships yeah but now I, I want to be able to heal and I want to be able to move forward and I want to be in an energetic space to where my future husband feels comfortable joining me feels comfortable approaching me feels comfortable being with me and around me and building with me because I'm there and I'm available mentally, physically, financially, spiritually, energetically. A few weeks ago, I had a conversation with my grandmother, my dad's mom, and she's older and just like really getting into like healing and understanding like how things affect you mentally right so she lost her mother at a really young age I think she said she was maybe like 10 years old right when her mother died and now it's 70 
Um, She's just now realizing that losing her mother at such a young age, while it wasn't at the forefront of her mind, she sees how it affected how she showed up in the world. It affected her relationships. It affected how she navigated her way through life. She now realizes that it was a traumatic experience for a 10-year-old girl to lose her mother. And while she had her father, who took her in, who took good care of her, who made promises that he kept and made sure that she was okay, it will never be the same as having her mother. Because again, it's, it's critical. It's so critical to have both parents around. I don't care what anybody says. Don't let these people lie to you. It is critical to have both parents around. There is no one or nothing that can fill the void of your mother or your father at any age. And no matter how much you lie to yourself, no matter how much you try to hide it, no matter how much you pretend, if that is not your reality, it is affecting you. But that is okay. Remember, it's okay to not be okay. But we must first acknowledge that we're not okay, that this is affecting us, that we are overwhelmed, that we are consumed with grief, that there's sorrow in our hearts, that we're sad, that we're mad, that we're angry. Nothing prepares you for the suffering you feel due to the absence of your mother or father, whether that's through death just absence in life. I don't want the loss of my father to be my life story. I love my father. I loved him so much. And I miss him a great deal. And I'm continuously saddened by his absence. But I don't want to feel this way anymore. Life has dealt me a lot of heavy blows. Okay. This is by far the heaviest. But just like Every traumatic event, just like every horrible experience, there comes a time to weep and there comes a time to heal. I've potentially cried enough tears to fill the ocean (laughs) and I'll probably cry 10,000 more. What I will not do is allow grief to control my life. I want to be perfectly clear when I say grieving, mourning the loss of someone isn't wrong. And there is no timeline. There is no timeline to grieve. But there is a point. There is a time. There is a season where you have to stand up for your grief, put down your veil, 
and move forward. And for me, personally, that time has come. It won't be tomorrow or next week or it may not even be next year. But I've realized that I have to accept the loss of my parent for what it is, a great, horrific loss, and begin to navigate my way through the world. Through the lens of someone who has loved, lost, and healed from that loss. If you listening to the sound of my voice have lost someone, whether expectedly or unexpectedly, let me first say, I'm so sorry for your loss. And... Time doesn't always heal all wounds. Or at least it feels that way. You're not alone. And don't feel guilty for still grieving even years later. As I continue to grieve the loss of my father and my mother, the loss of her mother, the timelines are different. The way we lost them were different. But we are both right in how we feel because it's real. So don't let anyone tell you too much time has passed. Don't let anyone make you feel guilty because time has passed. Don't let anyone tell you to get over it. There comes a time there comes a season when you will decide and only you can decide that you don't want to be consumed with that sorrow anymore. And then I encourage you to take the steps necessary. Nothing will ever fill that void. Nothing. There's no amount of healing they can fill that void. But at some point, you will get to a place where it will hurt a little less. I haven't been to that place yet. So I can't tell you how it feels. But I know that it exists. And one day, maybe one day, we'll be in that place together. Unfortunately, I can't give anybody the tools, the tips, the steps to to how you should best deal with grief because I don't know. But I can encourage you to do what I'm going to do that I've neglected to do for years. I'm going to go to therapy. (laughs) It's really just as simple as that. Because there's somebody out there 
with the professional ability to help me get to a place where it hurts just a little less so that this doesn't become (laughs) my life story, right? And I'll keep praying to God to heal my heart, to place forgiveness in my heart, not just for the cold-blooded murderer, but forgiveness to God as well. My name is Kiana Breanne. This is the House of Trauma Podcast. Please email me all of your advice, questions, and all of your podcast topic suggestions to houseoftrauma at gmail.com. Love you. Mean it.